Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Have a real cool episode in store this week where I bring on Mary Francis and Jill Peterson to talk about their business, Girls Mentorship LLC. Now, Mary's actually a former guest of the podcast about 100 episodes ago. And Jill's a new friend of mine, but we became fast friends in this episode because both these gals are just awesome to talk with, great personalities, a lot of depth to their answers and their thoughtfulness around what they're trying to do with girls' mentorship. Just the, uh, the inspiration they're bringing to a lot of teenage girls, helping them forge a better path, um, a different path maybe than they would have chosen themselves um, by mentoring them and giving them a different perspective on the world. Um, so I think you guys will absolutely enjoy this conversation. A lot of great takeaways and uh, look forward to y'all getting into it. So without further ado, my chat today with Mary and Jill. Let's get it started. Mary, Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. What's up, Brian? Thanks for having us. Brian, we're so excited. I'm excited to have you. Mary, obviously a returning champ here. You've been on the podcast a while back. And actually, you know, one of the things that's um, I was interested to chat with you again is the whole just get started journey. You know, there's no written path. Everyone does it different. And what you were doing a couple of years ago is different than what you're doing today. It shows you're evolving and changing and ever expanding. So I'm excited to hear about your transition a little bit. Um, and then Jill, obviously, learn a little bit about your journey. Let, let's start here, um, and whoever wants to take this, how did serendipity come into play here? How did you guys meet? When was the first time y'all met? Oh, super serendipitous. Oh, it is. Mary, <laughs> it really is. Mary has the best story about how we met, so I'm going to turn it over to her so she can share it. Okay. So the last time I was on your podcast, I was a CrossFit gym owner. Um, I have since sold my gym. I sold it last year, 2019, in May, which is funny because hindsight's 2020. I'm really glad I sold my <laughs> gym when I did. Um, but whilst working at a gym, I wasn't making a million dollars, so I needed to supplement my income elsewhere. And Lululemon had always called to me as a company, as a corporation, the way they treated their customers um, and what I had heard about how they treated their employees and how they worked. So um, I went in one holiday season, applied for a job, and Jill was my uh, store manager. I almost said regional manager because she was that as well. Um, and we hit it off. I went through, I think, a group interview, another interview, and she was my final interview. And um, as we were getting into all the questions that a boss asks a potential employee, um, a little old lady fell down the stairs right behind us. And I like jumped into action and ran over to this old lady and like helped her up. And I looked at Jill and I was like, did you plant this here? <laughs> was this a test? Because truly, after that happened, I didn't even need to ask another question about who she was because I literally got to see it in action. I was like, hey, you're hired. So uh, when can you start? <laughs> and that's when she was like, no way. Did you plant this? Like, am I getting punked? Like, nope, this, uh, that, it all was very serendipitous. So that's that was the first initial um, meeting. meeting of... Uh, these minds, <laughs> the minds that you see well, today. So and that is interesting because, you know, you always hear stories like, you know, I'm big in golf and like, you know, you take someone out on the golf course, you can learn everything you need to know about them in, in one round of golf. And I've heard other stories of like, you know, take someone to dinner 
for an interview and kind of see, you know, did, how do they treat the, the wait staff? You know, what are, totally. what are the manners like? Because that tells a lot of how they're going to be probably to work with. So that is serendipitous that, and, and Joe, I appreciate you not divulging that you did plant that, but you just didn't want to <laughs> say it still. I'm kidding. No, I'm uh, so embarrassed. I would, never secret. Plant. I would never plant that. She slipped her head funny right when we walked away. <laughs> um, so... Obviously, you guys are working together now, and we're going to get into the uh, the girls' mentorship stuff. But when did that idea originate? Did when did what, what, did one of y'all have that before someone else? Did you just start talking about it together and ideating and stuff? Tell me a little about the origin of that. Yeah, uh, I actually started um, the the ideation phase of what is a program that we are actually currently running right now is called Camp Social. And Camp Social was born out of quarantine. And prior to Mary and I connecting and creating our own business together, I was I started my own business two years ago. Um, it has evolved in so many ways, but really where I found my, my groove was working predominantly with high school athletes, uh, female athletes where I would work on their mindset, uh, their confidence on and off the court to really elevate their, their performance in whatever sport that they were doing. So since um, I wasn't working with girls because school, I mean, life paused for everybody. Um, I had this amazing opportunity uh, where parents kept coming to me and they were asking if I was creating anything. Like, are you creating an online camp? My daughters need to do something. And I, being a parent of two boys, I was a bit overwhelmed myself trying to figure out our new normal and how I was going to work and pivot my business. And um, so finally, I had a few nudges um, from friends and parents to say, you need to create something for our daughters. We'll pay you anything, get them off of our chest for an hour and actually have them use their brains because right now they're just, um, they're falling into a decline of depression and a little bit of, uh, self-confidence was lacking. And, and I went, when I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create something quickly and launch it quickly. And whoever falls into uh, this camp is exactly who's supposed to be here. So um, I, I put together Camp Social in a week. I marketed it for a week, and then I launched it the following week. So it was a quick turnaround. Um, and it was just a four-week. It was a one-month commitment. We met once a week via Zoom because I knew the girls were pretty equipped to jumping online and um, navigating their computers. But it was a totally different way of being. It was a different conversation than school. It was actually creating a safe space for them to feel seen and feel heard. Um, and also having the girls realize that they're not alone in what they're feeling and experiencing. And then having me coach them. So um, call one was awesome. It was our kickstart call. And then I had this idea of bringing on these amazing women to show these young girls who are part of Camp Social what it's like to to um, have strong female friendships and mentors in, um, in our circle and in, in, in our corner. So Mary was actually my first uh, BFF mentor uh, that I brought on with these girls and it was electric. The conversation was completely elevated from what I could even do myself. And then afterwards, the girls 
were like, is she coming back next week? And then I was getting messages from parents and I was like, Mary, I, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but something collided between the two of us. And she then was bought in. She was like, I can't just pop on for one call and be done. I'm actually committed to this to seeing this through. So she was actually my only mentor for the next three extra calls or three more calls. And then from there, after Camp Social was over, we reevaluated, hey, th there's, there's possibility in this. Um, we can't actually walk away from it. Um, and we spent a couple of, of days really mulling it over. Like, should we do this? Should we really pivot from what I was doing of just focusing on athletes and really opening it up as like creating a space for all girls to be mentored and coached, um, by two really strong coaches. So <gasps> big breath. And here we are. No, we're, we're going. That, right. we're that, right was, that, that was the start of where we are today. Well, how did you get into working with a high school athletes? What, when, why was that a passion for you? Were you an athlete yourself? Did you see something you know, that, you, that you picked up a while back of why that was important? Or It's funny because um, Mary and I, um, how we really connect with parents is saying, we wish we would have had something like this at their age. And truly, I was, I was an athlete growing up. And, um, and I also came from a divorced family and... Um, there were things in my life that I didn't know how to deal with. So I just either pushed them to the side and I kept um, moving forward. And eventually what I learned uh, in my 20s, late 20s, was how that all comes back to get you <laughs> in some way, shape or form. And I didn't know, I didn't have the tools to powerfully deal with it. So yes, to answer your question, I was an athlete. Um, I, I wish I had the mental fitness tools to help me be a good athlete. Um, and I was, but I wish, um, looking back hindsight, I wonder what I would have tried because I definitely had this self-conscious, um, side of myself of like, I can't play basketball cause I'm not good enough, but I am good being a gymnast because I'm what the story I created about myself was, um, I'm really just an individual team player. Um, I, I'm too selfish to contribute to a team. So I just stayed in my lane and I felt like that really kept me small and had someone ever tell me, Hey, why don't you actually try? Or why do you have those feelings? I wonder what could have been. Um, and to fast forward now, I working at Lululemon, that company is, I mean, it's known for personal development. It's known for people over profit. So I got an MBA in leadership and in mindfulness. And I say that very loosely, but truly we were, I mean, hours and hours and hours of self-development and training and, and holding my team accountable for results, um, not only in the business, but in their lives. And, and I was like, why, why aren't we actually taking this concept and pouring it into, into younger and into our youth, into younger kids? So that's when I first had the inkling of I think there's something on my heart that's calling me to leave retail after eight years and started on my own. And that's what happened. 
And so tell me a little about the support systems both y'all have. This is obviously yourselves together, but I found this very impactful for folks that do want to take a leap. And, and you know, I always talk about the side hustle, do that and kind of work your way if you have to. Um, I think that's valuable. That's what I'm doing. Um, but what are the support systems y'all have, whether it's friends or family or whatever, that helped with that decision? Because I have to imagine that's tough, especially eight years doing what you love to do, stepping away from that. Can you share a little bit about um, those conversations maybe with those folks that support you and, and how, how they went? Were they helpful? Were they not? I don't know. I think that's the best part of this journey is Jill and I have both um, have a tendency to show up for people. We call ourselves adult cheerleaders or hype women um, because our friends ask us to do things for them that we don't expect anything in return. So we've spent the last five, six, seven, eight years just developing relationship capital, relationship capital, relationship capital, because your net worth really is your network, like you just said, in so many words, like we felt so supported in this journey. And I'll speak for myself, Jill can speak a little bit more about uh, what it looked like to take a leap of faith outside of Lululemon. Um, but that really was a huge support system that led us to take this leap and, and put this new venture out there because we knew that people would receive it well, especially our support system, because we've gathered these people through years of personal development. So if anyone was going to understand what we were doing or wanting to do for the younger generation, it was going to be our, our crew because they have also put themselves in the fire. They have also put up thousands of dollars for personal development and gone to events and, and really put in the work. So it's been really fun to release that to, to, to the public to see how people are like, oh my God, this is awesome. And you two doing it couldn't, couldn't put together a better crew. Um, and for me, I feel like um, society and how you're raised um, creates a path for people. You can only really go on one path. And I feel like I've always been, <laughs> I feel like I've always been the black sheep of my family. <laughs> where my brother, you know, married his seventh grade girlfriend and went to only work like the, the internship that he had in college then turned into his career for the last 15 years. I mean, it's, it's very straight and narrow. And for me, I've always been this big fish in a little pond where I'm like, I want to go this way and this way. And, and I, I really do have this, um, I, I have this intuition where I, 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 I listen to it and I, I, I'm okay to take risks and, um, and, and I'm okay. I'd rather feel happy than feel overwhelmed because, um, of what the status quo tells me to do. Um, and I, I fell into the trap of corporate America and I had to climb the ladder and blah, blah, blah. And, and I feel like my, my leap of faith doing it that way was when, um, I was working in wine sales before I found Lululemon and I worked my butt off and it was predominantly a male driven industry. And I proved myself time and time again. And I kept getting overseen by men. And I was like, wait a second, I'm actually coming in and cleaning up the, the, you know, the stuff that needs to be cleaned up. Um, and I'm being overlooked because I'm a female and I was so miserable. I was so unhappy. And finally I found Lululemon and I jumped 
and my parents were pissed. You're gonna go work retail for $11 an hour after I just paid how many thousands of dollars to send you to ASU? My boyfriend at the time was like, you're crazy, right? But it's like, if I actually listened to those people, I would have never landed that job, which felt then turned into a career. And I made the most money that I've ever made in my whole life and, and really learned business and people and personal development. It gave me so much, but it was because I was okay to not listen to what other people told me I needed to do to take the leap. And that's where I'm like, okay, if I did it one time, I can do it again. I, I, I can do it again after eight years. And I, even though um, I was scared to leave a really steady job, I loved it actually. I loved my job. It wasn't because I was unhappy this time around, but I had to also get the support system behind me, my husband to say like, hey, can you financially support us in order for me to take this on, to really go after my dreams? Um, and when we were able to figure all of that out logistically, that's when I said, okay, let's do this. Well, I think that, you know, even just both of y'all stories being totally different, right? Everyone has different paths. It's just a matter of, and sometimes it's, you kind of have to go with that gut or intuition and, and the decisions are tough at times, right? I mean, they, these are tough decisions, but if you know that it's leading, especially to the mission that you want to do in life, um, I think that's probably the most important. You know, I, I talk about the trifecta of happiness, you know, finding what you love, what you can be great at, and where you want to make the biggest impact on the world. And if you start aligning with those three, that's what leads you to happiness, you know? So um, I'm not surprised you made the leap based on some of the things you uh, you just mentioned. And good and bad, by the way, right? Because you talked about two support systems, your husband being good, maybe the family not so good. They, they were like, no, don't do this. Like, you know, Funny. so, but I think that's also that, that's where I think, you know, with the girls mentorship stuff, that I love because, you know, a lot of stuff I'm doing just get started is trying to impact a lot of the younger generation as well. And so th this was really cool when I saw you guys were doing this because a lot of your story, you can share to someone that is younger, especially girls that they don't know because they, a lot of folks think they go, I got to go to school, I go to college, I get an entry level job, and then I work my way up. And it's just not true anymore. Um, and maybe it's never been true, but it's definitely not true nowadays. Uh, but most people go down that route. So uh, help me out then with the the creation of this. How do you guys separate who does what, when? How, how do you, how do you uh, I guess, the, the tasks that have to be done, the deliverables with business, um, how do you guys split those up? Um, Jill and I are kind of like the same person, but totally different. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but we're both not techie. So like... What we had to do to start this business was really, really, really painful because we didn't know. I mean, it's hard to hook up a GoDaddy domain name to your Squarespace website <laughs> and like get your a proper EIN number with your LLC matched up. So that's neither one of our zone of geniuses. Our zone of genius is definitely the mentoring of girls. Like that has shown the most bright. Um, so honestly, it's been it's been a very organic thing that's come about between us to where she's we, what we've learned about ourselves and where we're good. Like Jill's really good at writing our emails. I'm really good at designing our Instagram. So we've just kind of taken every challenge as it comes along and kind of seen which one of us wants to take a stab at it and which one of us enjoys it. And then we kind of go from there. Um, 
there really hasn't, has not been a lot of set roles yet that we have been able to label because the world literally has opened up for us since we've, we've announced this. It's been a whirlwind. We've had a lot come our way in a very short amount of time. So we're kind of in a space where we're just like, it needs to get done. Who's taking responsibility for it? It's on the to-do list. Somebody needs to check it off. Let's go, go, go. And that's, that's kind of been where we've operated. But within that, we're also seeing like where our strengths are coming out and what I think will define our roles moving forward. And I'm really, I'm really proud um, because I have contrast. I have contrast in working as a solo entrepreneur. And now I have Mary and it's bringing back all the feelings that I loved being a leader at Lululemon because I like being with people. And honestly, was my first business a a crazy success? I mean, I wouldn't say it was a flop, but I definitely am realizing now having her to hold me accountable and push me and coach me through the things that I actually just like, well, I'll get to that email later, you know, or I, the kids, I always fell into the excuse of kids. Um, but now it's like, I, I, I want to follow through on my word. I want to have integrity. I want this, this business to be successful. So it's been really cool to see how I used to say no to myself when I was a solo entrepreneur and how I'm like, heck yeah, I'll totally take this on and <laughs> I'll do this. Um, because I have someone that fulfills a need that I didn't, I, it's like, I forgot how good it felt to work with someone. And, um, I just needed this. I needed Mary to come in to say like, let's do this together because, um, I don't know how much further I could have gone by myself. Um, as well as us, um, coming from Lululemon, I feel like how we operate, we, we have this like really strong foundation because it's where we came from and we know what it's like to have core values. We know what it's like to have a manifesto and to um, ha- give each other by wins. Like by when are you going to do that? Because <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to text you and there's feedback involved. So it's not like we're just starting and kind of formulating and coming it together. Yes, we are, but I also know it's because like we're so successful and and why we're here is because of where we came from. And by the way, as a, as a way off tangent side note, I remember listening to um, the, how I built this episode with uh, guy rise had with uh, the founder of the woman. Yeah. It it was phenomenal. It's a really interesting story. Really interesting story um, for anyone out there. It totally is. Another example of how sometimes things can get taken way out of context because Mm -hmm. he had a downfall that I don't necessarily think was totally warranted because he did great things for that company. And he was, he was an entrepreneur and a visionary in his own right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the girls' uh, mentorship, what are you finding? Maybe share two or three, because I have to imagine this is probably not just with high school girls. This could be with anyone. But what are you finding is the biggest challenges they're facing right now, these girls? 
Um, you're right. It's definitely not just with middle and high school age girls. I think that's a big reason as to why we wanted to start this too, is because we saw these behaviors manifesting in women from 25 to 75 with as much, um, we do a lot of work with women. Um, so it was the question of like, well, if they're still struggling now, why aren't we introducing these concepts earlier? So I, I feel like as much as things change things still stay the same, right? So social media is, is much more prominent than it was when I was a teenager. I think when I was a teenager, AOL AIM was just coming out. So I like learned how to type using my family's phone line at the age of 14 or something. And I was always on that and I was always getting tr in trouble for being on that. Um, so now it's Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all the like social pressures to look and be and perform at the drop of a dime and like pretend that you're happy and pretend that you have the best life and the friends and all the things that supposedly quote unquote make people happy. That's plaguing our middle school and high school age girls as well. And quite honestly, we've gotten a lot of inquiries about even elementary aged girls, which that might be something we take on at some point because it's starting that much earlier to, to look a certain way, to speak a certain way, to, to flaunt what you have in a certain way that makes it appear like you have it all together. And girls, girls struggle with that. Girls struggle with maintaining friendships just like they do um, when they're 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, so I think really... The biggest one is social pressures. The second one is friendships. What would you say would be a third? Um, I would definitely say leadership. Mm. Um, they're leading in the wrong way. So they are the leader of TikTok. Mm -hmm. They have lots of people following them and they care so much about who's following them and who's commenting. But are they actually the leader in their life? Are they the ones who are welcoming new girls into their, into their, into their friendship circle? And are they the ones who are going out of their way to helping um, other boys and girls um, if someone is in need? And they're not. So um, we're noticing that it's just an interesting dynamic that leadership looks much different because of um, celebrity culture and mainstream media, um, where we're trying to teach them that um, it's it's not you're not gonna you're you're not gonna be happy that way. Like you have to do the internal work in order to feel that. And because there is this void and this emptiness, there is so many girls telling us that they have anxiety. We're like, you're 14. What are you stressed about? You want to talk about stress, have a mortgage, have a family, right? Like real things that people stress about, but it is, um, it, it's creating depression and, and mental, their mental wellness is not, um, well, it's not it's well. Not well. Yeah. So we're realizing like, ah, there's an urgency. There's an urgency to have parents wake up because um, parents are actually the ones role, model, role modeling a lot of this behavior without them even knowing it. Um, and then giving them the proper tools to have them feel like they are worthy. Because right now, they're, they have this imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I partially think this might not be a popular opinion, but I think the parents are the problem. Um, I think the parents are a big problem and, and the, and I actually, so I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a girl as a child. I have a boy. Um, he's eight. 
but I see this even like, I just took YouTube kids. I just deleted off his iPad. I said, you're done. Um, I was getting so tired of, and it's the parents that are creating, you know, like the Ryan's toy review and all oh, these, totally. yep. all these videos. Like it's not the kids that. creating them. It's the parents that want to get rich mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, it's so annoying. Anyways, I won't go into that, but what I was getting at is that mm -hmm. I see even from his age and I can only imagine being a girl and then being in the teenage years and all this stuff that's going on. And you mentioned something earlier about divorce. Like I came from a divorce family um, and now my son, you know, I would co-parent, right, um, with with, uh, with my ex. And it's one of those things that we have to be really, really sensitive to the fact of he picks up on everything. Yeah. So one of the big things is like, we don't talk negative about one another. We actually surprisingly have a way better relationship apart than we do together, than we did together, which is good. Um, but I say that from a standpoint of like, I think that's a huge issue with parents, at least that I've seen or talked with, with other is like behind the, behind the other parents back, they're saying a lot of negative stuff, being mean and crass. And then they go to the other parent and the same thing's happening. And it's, and that's where the kids start getting the idea of like, wait a minute, is that how I'm supposed to act? Yeah. So, that's how they're going to act with their friends. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you need to have a podcast. Can I just plant a seed for you? <laughs> you bring your ex-wife on your podcast and talk about how it can work because more people need to listen to that. Well, I don't know if that will actually happen because she hated <laughs> that I actually did this podcast uh, when we were together. So just go. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, it's, it's 2020. It's she might 2020. Be <laughs> there you go. Those, those those would be interesting podcasts for sure. Oh my gosh. I want to be able to tell our girls' parents, like, go, here's a resource, here's a resource for you. For you. Because we're experiencing we're definitely experiencing that. We want to coach girls, but we are realizing that parents are wanting to hone in on that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll give us a call and they'll keep us on the phone for an hour <laughs> asking questions about what they can do better if we have tips, tricks. Um, when we do our, our um, intake calls, we, we obviously speak to a parent because that's 99% of the time who's going to be paying for the services. Right. Um, and we've experienced a couple of divorcees so far. And it is funny to hear what one has to say about the other and then what the other one's like, oh, I bet she said this about me or I bet he said this about me. It's like, God, if we could impart a little wisdom, it would be just what you said. Like, notice what you're saying because your kids are sponges they do pick up on that monkey see monkey do they're going to model your behavior until i don't know probably 12 13 to when they decide that they're their own person they see other people doing things they start taking advice and opinions from other things and and tv shows and what you just said youtube kids um so it is i we we definitely agree in that statement that they can be part of the problem what we're also loving though, is the parents who get us on the phone and say, we know we just need to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. We can't be mom, dad, coach, friend, teacher. We can't be all of these things to our kids and expect them to be successful. So if this is where you guys are really, really good, like we need to get out of the way and you come in, impart your wisdom on them as far as, I mean, we, we talk about all sorts of different things, community, connection, confidence, being um, open-minded as far as opposed to closed-minded. So it, it's been fun to be that for those parents who know that they need to get out of the way. Well, I think too, like one of the things you mentioned earlier about obviously social media, you know, I think that's, that's a known issue. Uh, but is when we, and I think we're all probably around the same age, right? Is when we were growing up, the information there, I mean, I, I was in a small town in upstate New York, like 
I didn't have any information at besides the the local news stations or whatever. Like I didn't know enough. Um, so I didn't know what to get me in trouble or not. And now there's so much access to information where I think that's where, again, someone can, if they are depressed, all right, they can jump online or they can try to do something oh. else or they can try to find stuff. And, and there's a lot of great information, but unfortunately there's also just as much, if not more bad information or negative information. I mean, heck you see like, I was watching the the uh, the football game the other day, and I must have saw five or six political ads. There's still this crap, you know. It's like, what what is going on with this world? But I, I imagine a kid seeing that now, that that looks a lot different um, than it probably well, did even back. And when, we when my six year old is telling me who to vote for, I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> Don't yeah. vote for Mark. He's a liar. Yeah, like, I'm those like, are words that came out of his mouth. Excuse me. It's because it's being streamed to him and. I was just going to jump in. Sorry, Mayor, if I cut you off. Um, That these kids don't know how to unwind. When we were kids, our room was like our sanctuary. We shut the door. We didn't have a computer or, you know, maybe it came into our life when we were a little bit older. But um, there is no turning it off for these teenagers, because when they do want to turn off, they turn on a screen. Yeah. They scroll, there's more information coming at them. And then it's it's creating that downward spiral of, oh my gosh, I'm already feeling like not great right now. And now I'm watching someone else's social media and that's making me feel worse. So they have no tools to be able to completely disconnect and unplug because it's constantly around them. Well, and to add on to this, you actually set me up perfectly. I was listening to a podcast earlier that was pointing out the fact that we just, we go bigger and better. Like we want to be more harsh. We watch videos that are not politically correct. We watch things that are just overall bad, right? And those have the most views. So what are we telling our kids? That these are the type of behaviors that you should exhibit in order for people to look at you. Mm -hmm. Like people want to see this type of behavior. So we are going to shove it down your throat at every opportunity that we get. And it's like, gosh, so I mean, it's political season. Yes, people are watching other people just yell at one another and take other people down and and not be respectful other of their fellow American or their neighbor and it's like well we're teaching our kids to do that because that's all the media is is showcasing and they're showcasing it in such large quantities that it's like a kid looks at that and they go wow a lot of people are looking at this this is definitely how I should act yeah well but I I do think the way y'all are trying to do it is is great because I look at it even again I can use my son as the example I mean I like to think I'm I'm a good parent I I try to do the best I can he doesn't listen to me most of the time (laughs) you kind of know that Jill, if you have a couple boys, um, they don't oh, listen to me most of the time. But what's interesting, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to a point here in a second, but like he uh, he goes to karate. I just started him in the karate in the last month. Well, he goes in there, and I'm like, wow, his his ears perk up. He listens to everything. You're a different kid. <laughs> like, wait a minute, you're you're attentive. You're doing exactly what you're told. You're you're listening, but it's that same adage we probably had as kids too is, and, and we could always remember, I can spit off two or three, you guys probably can teachers that were mentors to us that we'd listen to whatever. And I think that's what y'all are doing is you're coming in. The parents can't always be there, as you said, but you have that opportunity to, you know, someone, it's, you're kind of like the cool, you know, you know, aunt that like, Hey, I can call up or something like that. Right. All right. So totally. yeah. And we do, and we do say that we're we like, do. we're, we're the cool aunt that, 
Um, the babysitter. We, I mean, whatever it was for you in your childhood, you definitely remember having someone that you like felt totally okay with sharing whatever it was. You didn't, you listened to them, you respected them. They had authority in your eyes. Um, and yes, that's, that's exactly the people we want to be for these girls. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's some, some cool stuff y'all are doing there. What are you, uh, so what's, what's the, I don't want to say long range plan. You may not have that, but what do you, what's the goal here? Is it, is it to get to the masses? Is it to be in a certain area? Like where, where are you guys trying to grow this? I mean, you said it perfectly. We have no idea. <laughs> I think we're taking each day as it comes right now. However, that doesn't negate the fact that we are big dreamers and definitely have some big goals on our vision board. Um, we had the pleasure of being at uh, the Powerhouse Women Mastermind Retreat this last week where we really did get to like, wouldn't it be cool if workshop type stuff? And it's like, wouldn't it be cool if we got on Good Morning America and could literally reach the masses with our programs? Um, wouldn't it be cool if we could host like uh, a weekend conference and have thousands of girls there to have fun and to workshop and learn from entrepreneurs and learn what confidence is and learn how to meditate and be mindful. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we, we really did reach that many more people? Yeah. yeah. And I, I keep dreaming. I'm like, what's on my heart is having girls go through a program where they're proud to want to write about it in their college application. Like I, I am, you know, girls mentorship certified and this is what I've learned. And now I get to give back because we have this give back program. And I just, I see it being um, such a win-win for us, but also a way to teach girls leadership. How do we actually give you the tools? And then how do you be in service to pull up the girls behind you? Because that's what it is. We're trying to raise the next generation of female leaders and we, we want to be a platform for that and a springboard to say like the more that we have like the, the more resources that we have um the more we can create the more that we can impact the more that we can influence um and honestly at the end of the day it's we just want every single girl to know that their, their worth we want them to know their power and their worth um, so we have big goals and right now we're just taking it one day at a time. Um, and we know our worth, we know what we're capable of. We know what we can de deliver. And now it's just putting the strategy behind it to say, okay, what's next, what's actually going to make sense and continue to collect that social proof. Um, so that we're putting things out there that parents are signing up for and that they're getting behind us. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go on the other side of the coin. Now, just because I'm, I'm curious, because I think it could help others. What are you each the most scared about or nervous about? Hmm. <clears throat> um, I've definitely hit a ceiling a lot um, in the last five years. Um, I have done, we've talked about relationship capital. I've done such a really great job of surrounding myself with a ton of amazing, hardworking, um, creating huge impact friends. And that's been really hard for me because comparison, I'm like, do I need to start my own women's community? Do I need to write a book? Do I need to have the next best talk on stage? Um, so I, I feel like in my mind, I don't want to revert back to that type of behavior because I feel like I've dropped in. Like this feels so on purpose for me um, that I don't want to revert back to, am I enough? Am I good enough? Are people going to think that I have 
enough um, education, enough experience that it's comparison, it's it's self doubt. Well, and I'm here to hold her accountable to that. Yeah, I'm the one to also say, hey, are you just having a day? <laughs> we always tell each other we cannot quit on a bad day. We can't do it. So the nice thing is I didn't have that before. And I feel like I wanted to quit a lot of times, but somehow I kept going. <laughs> and somehow, you know, the universe brought Mary to my life and um, I got to learn about her in a different way than a, than a past employee at Lululemon. Um, but my biggest thing, honestly, is I would do this work for free. And I have a really hard time putting a number out there because it literally always makes me want to throw up. I'm like, oh, parents can't afford that. <laughs> they have, you know, they're sending their kids to private preschool and they have soccer and all those coaches. So I am learning and through the work of her um, and us putting ourselves in masterminds and, and, you know, getting business coaches is that that's my own limitation. Um, because truly I love, I love being in service. I love giving this away to anyone and everyone. <laughs> and at some point I really want to take this up uh, to a whole new level and I can't do it for free. Are y'all, are y'all going to start a podcast? Should we? I think the world <laughs> needs, TBT. Yeah. I think um, the world needs, because we you know what I noticed is my, actually I, there's this, um, I think it's called brains on. It's actually not that bad. It's a, it's for kids. And so like, you know, my son would want to watch the iPad or something at dinner. I'm like, nope. Uh, but I said, hey, we can put a podcast. So I found like this kid's podcast. But I think there needs to be more of that because yeah. there's a, I think there's a lot more kids. It's going to slowly trend down where high school kids and stuff are going to listen to more podcasts. Um, I don't know what the, the metrics are if they are now, but yeah. I, I think that could be a great thing if you guys want to do it. You, you got a good dynamic between the two of y'all. <laughs> Um, it's definitely on the it's vision right. board. Sorry, didn't mean to, didn't mean to push you into it. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely there in the in the future as far as once we get some of our systems in order, that's one of the next things we would love to look into if we have the knack for it. Okay. Well, so let's do this. And and I want an answer from each of y'all. So I want you to go back to your high school self. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you could give one piece of advice, you only can give one and it has to be very short and concise. You only have a post-it note to write it on. What are you going to give your younger self, your younger Mary, younger Jill? What are you going to give? You are the most important person in your life. You, you should live not for other people. You need to take a good hard look in the mirror and figure out what it is that makes you happy. You are the most important person in your life and not in a selfish way. And by the way, um, it's okay to be, I think it's okay to be selfish. Yeah. It's okay to be selfish to a point when it turns into like an individualistic, I'm the only one that matters sure, sure. type of thing, but you're right. No, it's you And maybe that's my asterisk. It's okay to be selfish. It really is because so much, I mean, I lived in high school for everyone else, but myself. I mean, my teammates, my friends, my boyfriends, not my teachers, um, but <laughs> I, I lived for everyone else but myself. You know, I had, I had so many strong leadership qualities in high school. I was loud. I was independent. You know, I got in trouble for those things where if somebody really would have honed in on me and said, hey, your ability to be loud could be a really great leadership skill. Let's, let's just 
turn you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I just, I lived for everyone else but myself. So if, if I could go back, I would tell myself that, girlfriend, take some of that energy that you're putting out for other people and retain it for yourself. Well, I think part of that, too, because I was actually the same way, um, is I was so scared to like branch out and do my own thing. And, and part of it, as I said, I was a middle child. You know, I have my older brother, which him and I are really close and we have a lot of similarities, but I was always in his shadow, I felt. So that was a similar thing where I felt I couldn't branch out and be my own person, but I was always there to give to others and, and want others to succeed. And it's something I've learned. I've had to do a lot of self-awareness the last handful of years, but I think that's, as you guys mentioned, if you can start earlier with a lot of these kids and, and let them figure that out at an early age, it can do a world of difference to them as they get into their adult years, you know? I want that answer. That, <laughs> Sorry. that really resonated with my 16-year-old self. And then just something really short and sweet is um, you can't take back what you say. You can't take back what you say. As much as you say, let's uh, forgive and forget, people don't forget. As much as... Um, as we do the work and that's part of this whole personal development journey is being able to let go, but speaking kindly is only going to serve you in so many more areas of your life and, and in different situations than, than the opposite. I'm a, I'm a little firecracker Italian girl. And I, I mean, I was fiery and I would spit off things without, responding. I always reacted and it would always somehow come back. So, um, my, that my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband was the one who actually gave me that, the, the pearls of wisdom. It's like, don't regret what you have to say because you're never going to be able to take it back. How did you change that? Was that just sitting in, in self-reflection? Was that therapy, talking with other people? Was that books? Or what, what was it for you that helped change that? It was a personal development uh, course. Um, I did a pretty intensive three-day uh, leadership uh, weekend. Lululemon put me through it. And I remember um, having, getting co- like coached. So I, I went to the front of the room. There was probably 500 people in this room. And I was talking about my relationship. And he flat out told me, He was like, you have two choices. Do you want this marriage to work or do you want it to end in divorce? Because it's you. You have the power to change how you're speaking. And I was like, oh, what a hard reality. So I feel like it was a little bit of therapy as well. But um, (laughs) it was just someone loving me through it as much as I didn't want to hear it. It was someone who cared for me enough. And surprisingly, I'm still like really, really good friends with that coach uh, who led me through that seminar. And he'll always check in. Hey, how's it going? I'm like, ah, there he is. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. Let me, I know I just thought of this. This will be a fun way to end. Although this is probably gonna be the hardest question. All right. This will be the hardest question. You have to share the, the, so Jill about Mary, Mary about okay. Jill. Oh, <laughs> we, what is right. if you only had one word to describe the other to someone else? You're in a cocktail party and you have one word to describe them. What word are you choosing? Hmm. You could think of for a minute. I know I'm throwing a curveball at you. That, oh, this is good. Yeah, I need a second. I need a second to. I just want to thesaurus something. <laughs> My nickname is Vocabulary. <laughs> oh, really? 
So this is probably where she shines. Um, one word. Okay. Um, for me, it's... Uh, this is about Mary. You have to pick one about, word for yeah, Mary. About Mary. Um, Mary, if I was at a cocktail party <laughs> and I was introducing you to the CEO, no, Guy Raz, because we want to be on his podcast we as well, <laughs> how we built this. We're going to manifest this right here on your <laughs> podcast. We're just getting started. Well, I'm trying to get Guy in mind, so we'll see. Maybe we'll all work it together. Somebody listening knows, that, knows somebody, so it's going to come back to us. Um, one word I would say, um, impactful. I'll take that impactful. Okay. Um, Mary? the one very blaring word that I have for Jill is charismatic. Oh. This girl has energy to light up a room regardless of what room it is. And I think that's such a great quality just to be able to have a conversation with somebody that you met four seconds ago and it be just fine and then fall in love with you, uh, upon your leaving. It's like, Charismatic for sure. I didn't get to explain mine. That's not. Oh, fair. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> you, have, you have the floor now. Fair. You said one word, and I. This yeah. is. Do you see that I'm the rule follower in this relationship? She's the rule breaker. <laughs> well, the, the cool thing is, this is my podcast. I can change the rules, so now you can explain, <laughs> Jill, if you want. Brian, thank you. Okay, impactful. I want to. I would love to elaborate on why Mary is impactful because. Every time I hang out with her or we coach together and I see her in her, in her, um, in her purpose, she is so impactful because of her experience. She can relate to anyone at any time and tie some type of personal experience to what they're going through to relate so that they don't feel like they're in it by themselves because she is a ride or die support system. Um, and that's what I love most about her, like really stepping into this realm of work uh, because of her impact. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> this has been an awesome conversation. I know we we went on a lot of tangents. Uh, totally, we did. But I appreciate well, the conversation with you all and, and sharing a lot of your journey. And wh where can folks find uh, more information about what y'all are doing? Um, we are on the gram most off right now. So it's just at girls mentorship. We scored with that username, which was soups cool. <laughs> um, and we're right in the middle of, um, really digging into our website to, to put in all the services that we're offering, all the things that we're doing. Um, so right now I'd say Instagram. Yeah. Girls get girls mentorship.com is, is the under, website is under well. construction. Yeah. Cause we okay. honestly, we're just putting out a pro one group program that we're like, okay, just one group program. And then all of a sudden more people want us to do way more. And we're like, hang on, our website doesn't reflect it, <laughs> but we're going to do that. We're going to so do the one. Study one, wins, one the, wins the race, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. This so, is a lot of fun. Uh, thank, thank you all you so much for being Ryan. on. This was so this awesome. This was cool. Thank you so much. It was very fun to come back as a different guest. Yeah. Same guest, but different guest. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview, and thanks again for stopping by. Um, if you wanted to connect further, please head over to my website, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O.com. 
as well as connect with me on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Andreco or search me on LinkedIn, just Brian Andreco. Um, I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.